pretty relaxed here, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, we're in a series on uh, dealing in, in, with Romans, um, Book of Romans. Uh, you can turn to Romans chapter 15 this morning, but as you, as you turn there, I have been thinking about heaven a lot uh, the last probably month or two. Uh, just, just been, part of it was going back to South Africa. I mean, that just brought a lot of thoughts of paradise back to me. Uh, it's a good place, but um, it's a joke, folks. <laughs> um, but but um, I have been thinking a lot about heaven and, um, and what it's going to be like and, and what we'll do there and, and reading some. And so often we have this very anemic view of heaven that uh, we just get to kind of sit and, and just worship God. But I think God has created this new earth for us. And in this new earth, we get to explore. We get to, to take the trips that you've always wanted to trip, the trips you wanted to take, to see the places you wanted to see, to do the things, that, that, the beautiful things that God would desire for us, um, to worship Him in our creativity. I believe uh, all of our creativity is at full force in eternity. And so whatever that is, if that's building or baking or, or, or worship or singing or, or welding or whatever that is, I, I believe we get to do that. Um, but the thing about eternity that I'm most looking forward to is, is intimacy and relationships. Because if you're anything like me, um, your relationships aren't perfect. And, and probably this area of relationships is the area where most of us um, can really get hurt. Most of us can really uh, struggle. Um, our relationships with other people. And, and I love the way that um, Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He's speaking about um, looking in a mirror. And, and we've got to remember, in those days, mirrors weren't as um, clear and shiny as they are today. They were polished metal. And when you looked in the mirror, it wasn't that clear. And so he says, for now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. But then we will see face to face. Now I know in part... Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Um, and I love that. Then I'll know fully, even as, the, as I am fully known. I'm looking forward to be fully known. Um, where, 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 when I look in the mirror, I, don't see a, I, I can see myself for who I am accurately. But other people, we, we can interact without... Without all the junk. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to that, that part of heaven. Um, just knowing in a relational sense, no, being known, for folks to know me relationally in, in, a, in a full and, and perfect and, and complete way. Um, to stand before God and, and face to face um, and to be known, to be known and, and to enjoy that. Um, so that's, that's the part of heaven I'm, I'm looking forward to the most. But because I, I think relationships and, and being known and, and knowing folks is one of the hardest aspects of life. Um, a friend of mine uh, just recently published a book, um, Wounded in Ministry. Are we still on here, Ryan? It's just in the monitors, but not in the big ones. Okay. We've got stuff going on. I'm going to keep going. All right. Woo! That's hard. Um, yeah, so a friend of mine published this book, Wounded in Ministry, 
And, and what it is, it's a collection of, of just over the years, he has spent time with people. Um, and, and it's just the, the hurt and the, just the junk that goes on in churches. And he's got like 30 stories in there. Um, do you want me to use a different mic? How's that? We on? Yeah? Okay. I'm going to go handheld. Um, let me take this out of my pocket as well. All right. Sorry for the distractions. It's time to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, um, this is an important topic, and, and yeah, we just want to come against distractions, and Lord, we just want to focus in on, on the truth of what you have to say this morning in Romans chapter 15. Father, we pray that you'd be glorified. Lord, I, I just come to you and um, less of me, more of you. Lord, would you just speak this morning? And so, yeah, we pray this in your name. Amen. Okay. So, uh, relationships are hard. We get misunderstood. We say stuff that we shouldn't. Um, we get hurt and we hurt other people. We get offended and we offend other people. And it gets hard. And, and, and it's, it's not that it's just hard outside of church. It's, it's hard in church. It's in, it's, I mean, I can look around here and I go like, man, I, I wish that I had this perfect relationship with each and every one of you. But I know that I've said some dumb stuff, okay? And I've probably offended, and probably some of you guys are going like, yeah, at last he realizes this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been abrupt, and I've been like, oh, anyway. So um, relationships can be hard. And I think, for me, it's definitely a source of a lot of, a lot of my emotional energy goes into just trying to figure out some of these relationships. So Paul's going to be speaking to this. Um, and, and he's going to be speaking to us here at Crossroads, because he is speaking to the church at Rome and said, okay, guys, some of these relationships that you have, they are hard. And, and you guys have got a dynamic there that's hard. But that is universal. I don't think it's, it's just for the church at Rome. And Paul wrote this letter to the church at Rome. But, but this is universal stuff. And so as we read this, I want you to just be thinking about how, how do I navigate relationships in and outside of the church, in and outside of my family, in and outside my place of work? How do I navigate these relationships? Okay, so um, Paul's been writing... And, and we're heading into chapter 15 here. It's almost the end of Romans. And he's had a lot of teaching, okay? He's, he's been speaking and teaching a lot about um, God's righteousness, our sin, um, our place, and, and God's grace and how, how God's grace works, um, our identity. Uh, we're no longer slaves, but we're now sons and daughters. We're heirs. He's, he's been kind of teaching a lot of good, there's been a lot of good theology, okay, in the last um, few chapters of, of Romans. Um, then he's been speaking about our freedom that we have in Christ. And that's, that's key, to know and understand our freedom. And a lot of it's been kind of like, like teaching and heady and like, okay, all right, um, academic in a way. Now Paul, as he's, as he's closing his letter, he's going to be far more relational. And he's going to speak about, guys, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Um, and so he's going to address how this church in Rome can live together. Remember how we were speaking a couple of weeks ago? We had Jews and Gentiles 
in the same church and how this church is very diverse. And they have different backgrounds, okay? There's folks who've been, um, who've known the Old Testament and loved the Old Testament for years and years. And now you've got these Gentiles coming in and, and they're clueless. But, but yet they're understanding God's grace and they're, they're getting the freedom they have in Jesus Christ. And they've been set free from some of the old ways. And so you've got these two groups interacting and, um, and, and they're, they're struggling with diet and struggling with holy days and struggling with, with just how does this work? How do we make this work? How do I, and ultimately it comes down to how do I love the person sitting next to me in church? How do I love the person sitting next to me at work? How do, I, how do I relate? How does a relationship work? How do I get along? Um, how, do we, how do we get along with each other without hurting and offending each other? And so, because um, Paul says as well in Galatians, he says, and he's writing to the Galatian church because this was happening in the Galatian church. It says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, folks who've, who've been biting and devouring each other, and ultimately both of them, both parties, have been destroyed. Um, Something happens when we start biting and devouring each other. And so how do we live at peace? How do we live in a way that that just glorifies God? How do we do that? Um, How do we not bite and devour each other? How do we not destroy each other and ourselves? And so Paul's going to give... Uh, two instructions, Romans chapter 15, verse 1, keep it open. Uh, it says, we who are strong, okay, I'm reading from Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. And then in verse 7 as well, he says, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. And so, he very clearly, Paul says, okay, guys, the onus is on you. The onus is on, on all of us to accept, as Christ did, each other, and to bear with, with each other's failings. To bear with each other's failings. Anyway, keep going. Um, I still have battery, we're good. So, the onus is on us. How do we bear with each other? How do we, how do we accept each other's failings as Christ called us to? Um, because it's it's pretty easy to say, hey, folks, get it figured out, and once you get it figured out, we can have a great relationship. It's pretty easy to do that, to kind of look at other people and say, okay, you messed up the relationship. You guys can look at me and say, okay, guys, you really messed this one up. Now, until you come back to me and ask for forgiveness and repent and, and, and kind of explain all of this, um, you're the one that's wrong. But Paul, Paul puts the onus on us. He shifts the responsibility to us, and he says, guys, this is your responsibility. This is what you need to be doing, okay? And, and so how do we live that way? How do we do it? How do we not get hurt and offended in the midst of this? So let's read uh, all of Romans 15. I'll read like 1 through 7. So it says, uh, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it's written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. 
We might have hope. Remember that, okay? May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So with that one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I'm going to stop there. We'll, we'll finish the rest out in a little bit here. But um, whenever you're reading Scripture and you see a word repeated multiple times, it, it, it's kind of important, okay? And so in, in the first verse or two there, that word to please is used three times, okay? Um, and it says, don't live to please yourself. Don't live to please yourself, but rather please your neighbor, just as Jesus didn't live to please himself. And that, that, that please is, is not the please and thank you. It is to, to please someone, to affirm them, to acknowledge them, to, to make someone, um, to make them happy. But, but it's deeper than that. It's not just about happiness. It is to, to live in being mindful of somebody else mindful of the other person. So instead of just living, being mindful of ourselves, he's saying, be mindful, be aware, be thinking, be pleasing your neighbor, to serve your neighbor, to to be mindful of them. And so the fact is we're going to live our lives to please somebody. Okay? We're going to live our lives to please somebody. We've got to figure out who that is. We're either going to live our lives to please ourselves or we're going to live our lives to please our neighbors or ultimately we're going to live our lives to please God. So think about that. Who who is the focus? Who are you pleasing with your life? How are you living your life to please and who are you pleasing? Okay. I've used this illustration a few times, and if I ever write a book, uh, it's going to be about this, okay? I want you to imagine with me a cruise ship and a battleship, okay? Some of you have heard it before, but this is, a new, this is kind of another take on it, okay? So what's the purpose of a cruise ship? Why do you go on a cruise? Have a good time. So... If we're going on a cruise, we're going to please who? I mean, that's ultimately why we go on a cruise, okay? I mean, you get, on the, you, you get there and everything is orientated around you. Everything is for your comfort, your pleasure, your entertainment, your good time. And, and the whole purpose of the staff on that boat is to please you, isn't it? I mean, if you want more ice cream, they're going to get you more ice cream. If you want... Clean linen, they're going to get you clean linen. If, if you want food at 3 in the morning, they're going to get you food at 3 in the morning, I think. I don't know. But, um, I mean, that's the purpose of a cruise is to please you. All right, all night buffet. There we go. And so, were you pleased? Okay. <laughs> but that's, that's the purpose of a cruise ship is to please ourselves. That's why we go on this cruise. We go to please ourselves. Okay? We do. What about a battleship? What's the purpose of the battleship? Defend others. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If, if you were a sailor and you signed up and, and you got assigned to a battleship and um, 
And your expectation was that you're going to walk onto this boat and it's all going to be about you. Say that again, Jeremy. You don't get ice cream. I think you'll, you'll probably end up in the brig. Like if you're, if you're just about, you know, oh, please don't yell at me in that tone. And, or, or like, hey, no one's made my bed. And like, you expect me to work here? Like, really? So, so there's a difference. But this is your true and proper worship. So how do we do that? How do we live lives that are pleasing to God? Um, and, and how does pleasing our neighbor and pleasing God work together? So Jesus um, is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, first of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Okay? And love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so loving our neighbor becomes this expression of loving God. How do we love God? Well, part of it is loving our neighbor well. Loving our neighbor as ourselves, And this is not a, a false love, but a, but a true and proper love. How do we love? Okay. And it says, you know, I, I, I choose to please someone other, and I'm not going to live this life just for myself. I'm going to live it to glorify God. And in so doing, I please others. And so love is definitely selfless and other-focused. But, but Paul's going to drive this point home. He says, everything I've been writing so far, everything that's been written so far, um, the Old Testament, the same thing, it runs parallel. He says there in verse 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in Scripture, that the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So Paul's saying, okay, guys, look back. Look back at Scripture. Look back at what we have. And at this point, they have the Old Testament. And it says everything that was written there is to encourage you, endurance, so that we may have hope. I want to encourage you. When, um, when you start feeling selfish, um, when you feel offended, I want you to take time and spend time in God's Word. Um, I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I, I said something to someone, and, and I believe it was totally innocent. My motive was pure. But it, somehow it, it got twisted. And, and, and they were deeply offended. And, and I, I still don't understand why. Um, but I had to go and spend time in God's Word. And, and that, that really helps, just spending time in God's Word. So I want to encourage you, if, if you're struggling with a relationship and it's not going well and it's just there's misunderstanding and all of this and you're starting to lose hope, you're like, man, can this, can this ever be repaired? Can this ever get good again? I want to encourage you to go spend time in God's Word and, and read what the saints before us have gone through. Go and read about Joseph. Read about the betrayal he had there, his, his own brothers betraying him, um, those that he worked for, Pharaoh's wife falsely accusing him. Go and read those. Go and read those passages and, and understand these are real people and see what did they do? What did they do in their situation? And Scripture will encourage us. I want to encourage you. If, I mean, think about it. If you're struggling, uh, we met as pastors this last week, and one of the guys was just saying um, he'd, they have a, a man in their congregation that, that's struggling in marriage. And, and he said, I, I want you to go and read the book of Hosea. I want you to go and read the book of Hosea. And I'm like, man, that's brilliant. I mean, just go and spend some time. If any of you guys are struggling, 
I'd encourage you, go and read the book of Hosea. God calls Hosea to, to just sacrifice over and over and over again. Um, go and read it. I, I think I'm, I'm going to try and read it this week again. I was just challenged to go and read it. So I encourage you, go to Scripture. Um, stories of Joseph, Joshua, um, David. Um, how, how about the New Testament, Peter? The things that, that, that Peter gets up to. If, if you feel like a redneck, go and read Peter. I mean, this guy is just, he's like the answer to, for us who just like shoot our mouth off and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you that Peter is real and he, that, that he's, I can relate to him. Um, how about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? Those stories. Um, Paul, go and read these things that actually happened and, and be encouraged. And someone encourage you, if, if relationships are hard, if you have a struggle in a relationship, take some time in God's Word and spend time reading how, how the saints who have gone before us have dealt with that, okay? Um, because then our attitude changes, and, and God gives us perspective. I think Hosea had, had a much different perspective at the end than he did in the middle. Um, so spend time in Scripture. The other key is prayer. And Paul speaks about it right here in verse 5. He says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So, Paul's saying, okay, guys, you need to have the same attitude as Jesus had. When, when you're struggling with your relationships, and remember this church at Rome, I mean, they had some pretty major divides there. And he's saying, in these divisions, in these struggles with relationships, how do you deal with this? Go to God's Word, go to Scripture, and then spend time being encouraged by God. Where does that happen? That's in prayer. That's in prayer. Okay, it says they be, um, have the same attitude and mind towards each other and the God who gives us endurance and encouragement. Folks, we get that through prayer. Spending time with God in prayer. Spending time just hearing from God. I know this sounds like the basics. I was like, man, is this message too simple? Like, I'm just going to tell you, go and spend time in Scripture. Go and spend time praying. But the reality is, is these relationships, they get us down. We, we struggle with relationships. And folks, the answer is, really are here. And this is what Paul's saying. Spend time in Scripture. Spend time in prayer. It's as simple as that. Spend time just in conversation with God, allowing God to encourage us, allowing God to give us endurance, because sometimes we need that. Sometimes relationships aren't going to get better today, tomorrow, or this week. But we need endurance to see it out. Okay? And then see how God changes our attitude. So often what happens then is, and I think the people who are reading this later they would have gone like, okay, Paul, that's okay for people in the church. That's okay for people who are fellow believers. That's okay for people who are Jewish background like us. But what about these Gentiles? Are they really part of God's plan? Are they, are they too far gone? I don't know. Maybe you have someone in your life where you kind of have this view that, man, they, they are just beyond there is no hope for them. They have moved beyond what God can do. And I think the Romans were thinking this. They were thinking, okay, Paul, it's easy for you to say because you're Jewish and you're talking to, to you know, Jewish background and you're talking to fellow Jewish believers. What about these Gentiles? What about them? And so Paul does this beautiful thing in the last few verses here. He's going to remind them that all along God's plan is for the Gentiles as well. 
It's not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles as well. And so he's going to go through Scripture. He's going to go through kind of highlight package of the Old Testament and say, folks, God's plan is for even for these Gentiles. No one is beyond hope. No one is beyond God's care. No one is out there. And, and no relationship that you have is too difficult. Folks, we've got to think about it. He's speaking to, to Jews who have been against the Gentiles, who've been taught, they've, they've grown up, um, that the Gentiles are just filthy, that, that they eat the wrong stuff, they do the wrong things, they're just nasty. And Paul says, even the Gentiles, even the Gentiles, this relationship can be repaired. What about those Gentiles, Paul says? And he says, there's hope. Let's read Romans 15, verse 8 through the end of, of 13. It says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs may be confirmed. And he's going to start speaking about these promises. He says, And moreover, that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. He's like, guys, there's hope. These Gentiles can come around. These Gentiles can glorify God for his mercy. And, and it's all in there. It's the promises were made to the patriarchs. The promises have been there all along. You just haven't seen them. And so he says, and he's going to be quoting, Therefore, I'll praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing your praises. They will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who raises to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. So Paul has kind of just gone through Scripture and he's just highlighted it. Go, go and read those references, where they come from. And he said, guys, the plan all along is for these Gentiles and for you guys to have a relationship that's okay. For Jews and Gentiles to, to relate to each other in a beautiful way. So if you're thinking that maybe there's a relationship that you're struggling with that's hard, there's hope. Look what verse 13 says. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'll read that again because that's beautiful. In, in these relationships, think about, picture it in your mind, this relationship that I'm struggling with, this, this group of people that I'm struggling with, these, this family member, this co-worker, this person sitting next to me at, at church. May the God of hope, God who gives hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with this hope that God is filling you with, may you overflow with this hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, it's, it's a very simple message this Sunday. Um, God is the one who gives us hope. God is the one who gives us hope in these relationships. And if our relationships are struggling, if we are struggling with the relationship, we have to spend time with God. We have to spend time with God in His Scripture and in prayer. That, that's the take-home right there. If you're struggling with a relationship, I'm going to challenge you. Um, go and commit time to, to finding Scripture that relates, that, that is similar, a story that is similar to this relationship. If you've been betrayed or something like that, if, if you're struggling with faithfulness, go Hosea, Joshua, um, Joseph's story, uh, the disciples. Go and read these, the, 
these instances where God has worked miracles through people. Um, I would encourage you to do that and then to pray. To spend time praying for that relationship, to spend time praying for that person. It's a simple message, but may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, it it seems so simple. But in the, in the midst of, of difficult relationships, in the midst of, of the hurt and the woundedness and the, and the turmoil and, and, and the drama, and just when we're in the thick of those relationships that are just hard, Father, I pray that we would turn to you because there is hope. There is hope for these relationships. There is hope for the relationships within our church. There is hope for the relationships within our community. There is hope for the relationships within our family. And, and Father, most of all, there is hope for our relationship with you because you are the one who comes and, and fills us to overflowing with hope and with joy. You're the one who, who, who speaks to us and gives us perspective and, and who gives us the same attitude that Christ had. And Father, when we're struggling in these relationships, would we look to Jesus? Would we look and see, what did Jesus do? What did the, the saints of old do? What did the, the heroes of our faith, what did they do? What was their perspective? When we're struggling and, and, and are, are just downtrodden and, and struggling, and would we look at Job? Would we look at, at Joseph? Would we look at Moses? Jesus, you're the one who gives us hope. And so, Father, I pray that we would not just kind of have this pity party and dwell on everything that's wrong, but that we would be proactive and go and spend time in your word and spend time praying, praying that we would, that our hearts, that our attitudes, that our minds would be changed. Father, we don't want to have the self-serving attitude of the cruise ship where we say, this is all about me and, and, and everyone else needs to, to fix their stuff so that it's comfortable and convenient for me. Father, we want to recognize that we're part of a battleship. And sometimes things aren't pretty on the battleship. And, and we're involved in, in, in a battle. And, and sometimes we have to work hard at our relationships and we have to be humble and submit. But Jesus, I pray that as a church we would be known for our relationships. We'd be known for our love for each other. Where we would choose to please our neighbor before we please ourselves. That we would choose to please you, Father God, above all else. That 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 would be the mark of our church here. That would be the mark of our lives. That we would be focused on pleasing you, Father God, and not ourselves. Father, I'm going to pray just boldly that you would reveal in each in me Reveal in each one of us. We just pray this personally. Reveal in us the areas where we are self-centered, where we have we've just built our lives, arranged our lives to please ourselves. And Father, take our focus off ourselves and help us to focus on those around us. Those you've put in our families, in our church, in our community, at our place of work. 
Father, help us to see them the way you see them. Change our attitude towards them. And heal our relationships, Jesus. Jesus, we pray that you'd heal our relationships. We pray, Lord, we know that in your kingdom, in eternity, that that our relationships will be perfect. And Lord, I look forward to that. But Jesus, you you call us to bring your kingdom here and now. And so, Father, would would you call us to, to heal our relationships, to be involved, to get in, be intentional about serving and healing our relationships with each other. Holy Spirit, come and, and speak to us and minister to us and show us what you want us to do through your word and through prayer. Jesus, thank you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen.